Hello everyone, you're listening to the Socially Desi Show, the podcast that motivates you to live, create and inspire. If this is your first time here, welcome. On our show, we discuss tips and strategies with our guest speakers on how to tackle problems related to personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. So hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. Today, I'm joined by Chef Aditi Handa. She is the co-founder and head baker at The Baker's Dozen. Hi, Aditi. Welcome to the show. Hi, Adurag. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be talking to you today. The pleasure is all mine, uh, Chef Aditi. Thank you so much for being on the show today. So, uh, Aditi, to everyone who's not aware about you, why don't you tell us a bit about your professional journey so far? So, I uh, came, I was studying in uh, England. I studied psychology and human resource management and I came back to India in 2009 uh, to Ahmedabad, okay. which is my hometown. And I came back and I was wondering what should I do. And uh, I think what I always knew is that I was going to start a business of my own. I always knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I just had to figure out which one. And uh, mm. the first uh, project uh, that I took on was... Uh, to start a souvenir business. Uh, I used to collect souvenirs okay. during my time in England when you you know, you know go to different countries and you collect a yeah, miniature yeah. of Eiffel Towers, photo frames, things like that. So I was actually quite excited by starting a business in the souvenir industry. And the first project I did was a, a souvenir shop on the IIM Ahmedabad campus. It was the first uh, souvenir okay. shop in India of for college merchandise. And we did some amazing, oh, nice. okay. uh, great quality stuff. We designed the stuff ourselves. We got them manufactured and sold it here. Uh, it was This mm-hmm. first project was always very clear that we were going to give this back to IIM Ahmedabad. Uh, it was a little bit uh, like a ca- contribution to the alma mater because my husband and my father both are from here. So that was the first okay. business I did. Then uh, mm-hmm. I got uh, married and I moved to Bombay and... Uh, we actually relocated to Canada for about eight or nine months. And I was trying to All figure right. out what do I do there because uh, my husband had a job there. Food is something that always interested me. So I found a Lebanese chef and I went to him and I said, can I come work mm-hmm. with you? Just uh, don't pay me, don't do anything. I just want to come and work with you and observe what you do. And I think that okay. was my first real interaction with this culinary world. And you know, in hindsight, it seems like such a monumental uh, moment that happened. Uh, but in that day, it was literally just walking to a chef and saying, listen, I think I like your work and I just want to be around you in your kitchen. Right. And yeah. he, he taught me uh, what is a good hummus? How do you make a good hummus? How do you identify poor quality ingredients, good quality ingredients and so on? Okay. Once uh, uh, Sne, my co-founder now and uh, my husband, he, we came back to India. He was also was quite keen that let's start a business. Mm-hmm. And uh, food seemed to be an area that, uh, since I was very interested in, and he said, okay, why not? Let's take that as an area. Okay. And we started talking to lots of people, uh, saying, this is we want to start a business. Which which area should we go in? Which industry? What specific in that industry? So lots of, lots of whiteboard brainstorming happening. Yeah. Mm. And we eventually uh, boiled down to that, let's start a bakery. At that okay. point, we were not very clear this bakery was bread or pastry. It was just a bakery. Mm-hmm. And okay. uh, now this is where the uh, baker's dozen journey in a way starts. Hmm. Interesting. And uh, we felt very strongly that one of us needed to be trained in the product itself. 
and uh, since i was very fond of food any which way so i said okay listen i think i i'm going to go and learn how to make bread and we found like a really really good quality course in new york we were very clear that wherever we study uh, it had to be a really good place because you know if you want to be a master at something you have to learn from a master right you can't so just true. go anywhere yeah. when i went to new york i didn't totally know what i was going there for i mean i knew i was going there to learn bake to bake bread but uh, it was really with the intention that i am going to be a manager who is a well informed baker that is what my mm, intention mm. at that point was this is sometime okay. in march 2012 okay but you know uh, on my fifth day of baking i remember i was making a french sourdough and i mm-hmm. was holding the dough in my hand and it was really well proved and i was very delicately shaping it and somewhere in that moment i knew that i am born on this planet to be a baker and no one else that was the purpose of my life wow <laughs> that's and that's really it's, you know it's a very, good very big moment when yeah exactly and you know uh pre that everything was very practical and with a lot of business sense this was just a very very emotional call that happened mm. and i remember writing an email back to my family saying uh i've had a, a moment of nirvana and i think i want to be a baker i only want to bake good bread and uh, we may or may not sell it doesn't matter but i only want to bake good bread okay. i also tried doing a short term pastry course at that point but mm-hmm. i i wasn't feeling it i mean I, i understood and i was good at what i was doing but i felt at that moment my calling in life was bread so we okay. when i came back from new york we made a strategic decision that we are going to start a bakery called the bakers dozen and we are only going to start a uh, sell bread our journey started with bread okay only because uh, bread spoke to me i mm-hmm. i understood bread bread understood me there was a connection between me and my dough and uh, lots of uh, more cuckoo talk <laughs> like that in my head yeah so that was the idea of the baker's dozen mm-hmm. and and uh, what was the reaction of sneh when he heard you you know saying that let's open a, bake, a baking shop and you know a uh, baking business and i'm going to be the head baker there and i'm going to cook everything he was i think more than happy with it so where i think sneh has been extremely supportive right from day one he's all uh, he's always understood that people should play to their strengths hmm. and uh, i think i've always had a lot of freedom whether it's sneh or from the entire company all our employees even the sales team saying okay listen i i think aditi understands bread so let her do what she likes to do with bread let her make a good product and we will sell that So I think right from day one, uh, that wavelength was very well established. That I bake, and he sells. There are lots of times, obviously, I ask him for feedback on the product, but a lot of these things he trusts my judgment and leaves it to that. I think that's really important. You know, when you have, um, you know, you're, when you're working together, very. like apart from apart from being husband and wife, I guess in in business, I think uh, when you understand each other's uh, competencies and you know where to complement each other, I guess that is really important uh, for for any business yes. to thrive. Yes. So true. I I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. That that's that's really important I think for every business not just uh for uh you know a bakery or a baking business but uh across all walks of life I guess. And to everyone listening out there uh, today you know we have called uh, uh Chef Aditi to actually tell us a bit about you know uh, how Uh, a typical day looks like you know uh, uh, for a baker <laughs> so I, i it was really really interesting and and aditi you, you you must be remembering you know the initial talks that we had uh, around this topic yes uh, 
So, you know, I, I think that uh, everyone talks about uh, the life of, you know, a, a musician or a doctor, you know, or sometimes, you know, in a funny way of an engineer. <laughs> but nobody really uh, yeah. talks about uh, the, the side Ooh. of, uh, you know, the 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 restaurant business or, you know, the baking business, anything which has to do with F&B. I think nobody really talks about what goes into this whole business in order to make that perfectly, you know, puffed out, you know, fresh yes. bread, right? So, I mean, we eat bread every day, but uh, nobody really know the the uh, the art and the work, the effort that go behind it. So, uh, so please, you know, I mean, uh, let's let's start with uh, the day. How how does a typical day for uh, the bakers doesn't start? So I'm going to do this in two parts because I want mm-hmm. to share initially when we started the Bakers Doesn't What My Day Used To Be Designed because I think it was far more romantic and lovely <laughs> at that point. Okay. Now, because of scale, things are a bit more uh, pragmatic. Mm. But so to me, a bakery is like the happiest place in the world. You know, no one's ever sat in a bakery. And every time a bakery is referred to in a movie or in a book, it's always associated to a happy memory. Yeah. You know, a child does well in his exams and mama says, okay, I'm going to get you a cake or, you know, uh, it's Valentine's Day and you go to a nice bakery and pick yourself a a nice treat. So to me, a bakery is like the happiest place in the world. Mm. And I think the baker's dozen kitchen, which is now a big factory, it's exactly that. So initially when we started the baker's dozen, my day used to start at about 3.34 in the morning. Okay. And me and uh, a team of uh, three other bakers, we used to reach our uh, kitchen, which was in uh, Dadar Varada at that point, mm-hmm. at uh, 4 a.m. And, you know, everyone in Bombay is sleeping and it's so calm and peaceful and you were the only ones there. It was it was a very beautiful moment. And you would come and we would say, okay, okay, what are we going to bake today? So it's really about what was in our mind and what was in our heart, which was going in the product. And then we would uh, start scaling our recipes, mixing our dough, proving it, baking it. And around uh, 11, 12, 1 in the afternoon is when it would come out of the oven. Mm. Okay. And uh, gradually we shifted this entire process uh, to a night shift where we would bake through the night. And okay. uh, 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m., we would have a small uh, tempo which would go from our uh, kitchen to our Prabhadevi store with you know freshly baked bread. And the beauty is, you know, this... Uh, Vehicle would reach our store at about let's say seven in the morning. Okay. Our official store opening timing was eight o'clock, but mm. customers would start coming at seven thirty, seven forty-five, saying, "Listen, it's okay if you've not opened the shutter. It's okay if you've not <laughs> oh, made nice. it. Just, just give me your fresh loaf of bread. It was really nice." And and what was what was baking the entire night? You said no, the the baking goes for, for the entire night. So yeah, so uh, we started with a very limited menu of about I think about six or seven breads, uh, some okay. regular sized bread, some sourdough, uh, baguette. Uh, uh, some crackers, things like that, a very limited menu. So we used to bake all of these every day through the night okay. and then sell it fresh in the morning. Mm. And uh, I would bake through the night, uh, then go to the store for about four hours in the morning and sell it to customers. And that was like, a really nice time because, you know, when a customer walks in and says, okay, listen, uh, I want something for my husband or what for my child. And to be able to make a statement that I baked this six hours ago and trust me, it's a really good bread. Why don't you try? Mm-hmm. It's it's very nice. And I think consumers also really enjoy talking to the baker as the salesperson. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it feels very handmade. It feels like, you know, when guests come over and you make food for them, it's a lot like that. Yeah. And plus, you know, mostly for people, it's the first meal of the day. So, you know, it's... Exactly. So they, so they take it in that essence that it's going to be the first meal that I'm going to eat. 
so they uh, they like to talk about it and they and they feel special if you can give something which is like a like a very custom or very you know a uniquely baked uh uh product so exactly. i think i think that is something that really connects with a lot of people like it really connects to me like here like we go to food hall a lot uh, in delhi and yeah. uh, and i try uh, uh, and me and my dad we are you know uh, uh, big uh, foodies here in the house so we keep trying different things we keep trying uh, different uh, dough we'll keep trying different kind of breads and and that's that's one thing that i really like that when you go to a uh, a store like a food hall here in delhi you get so many options but then but then you know the only thing missing is that there's nobody to tell you what it is and you know what's gonna what can i make it, with this you know so that's missing i guess exactly exactly so you know the, those sort of interactions i still uh, enjoy a lot and you know mm. you, you mentioned something about how you made a bread uniquely for someone so there are times you know when i'm baking a loaf of bread okay. and uh, there is a pre order so i have a customer in mind when i'm baking that mm-hmm. and i feel and you're thinking of this this person when you're baking that loaf of bread and you know when those 10 pieces come out of the oven you were like okay listen this one looks the nicest this is the one i'm going to give to that customer so this is a lot of personal thought that goes and i feel so great that after 8 years when now the scale is so so like it's much larger and there's a mm-hmm. there's a professional operation running it we got an email from a consumer about a month ago saying that you used to sell this uh, bread called the walnut trace and it's not there on your menu anymore and i really like it mm-hmm. and uh, can you make this for me and i was like definitely i would want to make this for you because uh, everything's getting made but you know when you get a very specific order like that at times you don't want to always think about whether it's commercially viable or not right you want to be right, able to right. make someone happy so i said listen no problem we just work out some logistics but I, even if it's just two pieces of that bread, which which is true, I I bake only two pieces of walnut trays in every Saturday for this cus- customer, and uh, it mm. gives us a lot of joy that you're making something so custom made, even at a large scale now. True. So that that yeah. used to be my schedule. Uh, let's say about eight years ago. Now, obviously, mm. uh, the business has become bigger. Life has become complicated. Uh, we have kids. Uh, this uh, pandemic's happened. So. now my schedule is a bit more different where uh, generally in the mornings uh, my first couple of hours goes with the kids and their uh, zoom classes these days because okay. know, all schooling mm-hmm. is happening on zoom yep and then i reach my plant uh, our factory is operational 24 hours a day for 6 days a week mm-hmm. so uh, by the time i get there things are already in process but i think when i get there things are about to start coming out of the oven okay. and my main job now is to ensure because it's still a handmade product Mm. Uh, is to ensure that processes are stringent in a way that each product that comes out of the oven, although it's handmade and although it's a bit different than the previous one, there has to be some level of consistency always, and uh, that's very very important. So a lot of my time goes into ensuring this consistency is there, ensuring people are getting trained till date uh, when we hire people at the plant for whatever process it may be, whether it's someone for baking, whether it's someone for packing. I believe a lot in spending time with them mm. directly mm. to train them. to be able to pass on the same uh, passion my chefs were able to pass on to me right right so when you say uh, when so, you say a plant uh, so i'm assuming that it's a centralized uh, uh, plant that you're talking about yes. because you are in se- yes. seven cities i guess so uh, yes so are you uh, like uh, baking so, at one place and delivering across yes so about two year two and a half years ago 
uh, we mm-hmm. wanted to expand beyond bombay and pune because what was happening is it's a it, it's a fabulous product and we would get a lot of customer queries from delhi and bangalore saying that listen can i get this and we were not able to serve them and uh, it just felt that if you're making a good product everybody should get to eat it right so we started finding a way if there's a way we can manufacture it at a larger scale but we wanted to do it centrally because it's still handmade it yeah. is uh, made using the exact same equipment and the exact same technique as what i was doing in 2012 2013 when i was baking alone and today when we have a team of 50 bakers it works exactly the same way it's still handmade mm. and the only way we would be able to get consistency is to have a central manufacturing a central manufacturing meant we had to increase the shelf life but at the bakers and we've always believed of, for not using preservatives so we have adopted a, a packaging technology called modified atmosphere packaging we are the okay. first ones in india who's doing this for bread so what is that what exactly happens is the so uh, the bread or the cake whichever bakers that's in product you buy it's in a plastic box this mm-hmm. plastic is a special plastic which is a barrier plastic which means it does not allow oxygen to enter so okay. the the product goes in this in this pouch and then when we see that we first vacuum it where we remove all the oxygen and then flush it in with uh, gases so that there is no oxygen inside the pack which automatically means uh, if there's no oxygen the chances of uh, any bacteria surviving are very little and it naturally increases our shelf life to give a customer 7 days mm so we okay. were able to naturally increase our shelf life of this product and we said great now that we can do that uh, we can centrally manufacture and we send uh, goods to each city 3 uh, to 4 times a week so they get fresh stock 3 to 4 times a week uh, mm. for bread and uh, it's a handmade product it's consistent uh, it still is as genuine as what it was back in 2012 when this was a really small scale uh, bakery so th- that's what we have been trying to do for the past few years and how do you keep like uh, you know you said you started with a small menu and now you know on the website yes. i could see that there's this like i think uh, everything for everyone like something for everyone i guess you know that's the right word uh, something for everyone so uh, how do you decide you know what sort of feedback do you take and how do you decide and when do you decide to uh, update your uh, menu So we've always believed in growing organically. Like I said earlier, we only wanted to start with bread because bread is all that spoke to me. Then mm-hmm. about two and a half years into Baker's Dozen, where we felt that this we we understood bread and we knew how to make a good bread and sell how a good uh, sell a good bread, is when I went to learn pastry. This was uh, in two thousand and fifteen. So I went to the Cordon Bleu in Paris, and I wanted to learn how to make pastry. So when I came back, that's when we started our patisserie menu. Uh, okay. we very gradually add items on our menu so uh, at times it's customer feedbacks uh, feedback at times it is just uh, you know we keep experimenting a lot with new recipes uh, we have a small r&d department to which uh, whose deliverable is to take the current recipe make it better and to develop new okay. recipes and when mm. we are developing these new recipes we don't always have the intention of launching it it's just something we keep in our pack maybe uh, we launch it maybe we'll do a limited edition menu from that sort of an intention and uh, we feel okay listen this is the time to launch a new product and maybe it's mm. christmas so we want to do something christmas specific we did a very interesting thing in september uh, 2020 we were celebrating okay. the sale of uh, selling 1 million sourdoughs so oh, for nice. that we put up a post on instagram saying that we we want to make a new sourdough but you tell us the flavor and mm. whichever flavor gets selected 
we are going to put the cu- name of the customer uh, for a weekend launch on top of the pack that was supposed to be just a weekend launch it was not supposed to be on the menu mm-hmm. and we got okay. so much customer feedback it was great and uh, when we were reading uh, the options that customers had given there was this one option as soon as i read it in my heart i knew this is the product i want to make which was a chili cheese sourdough oh yeah and, i can uh, see it on the website so Yeah, so uh, so we you know we listen a lot to our emotions and our heart when we develop a product. We mm-hmm. don't always look at uh, the commercial viability of it. So we said, great, this sounds good. So we did a lot of trials. We got this product in place. We launched it for the weekend, and obviously we put the customer's name and informed her. And that product was a huge hit. Everybody loved it. Instead, they came back the next day saying we want more, and we said it, it was just for the weekend, so we are sold out. and uh, we had happy customers we had angry customers saying why how are you sold out i want more i want to be able to buy this yeah so i think a month into it we said great this product has got a lot of customer love now mm. let's launch it commercially so you know there are times when we do these little uh, fun things and uh, if a, if we feel customers will really want a product we put that on the menu full time No, I think that's a great way to uh, analyze and see if if the market is ready for your product. I mean, especially for a product you know which requires you to actually create something new, right? Create something new, and uh, and you exactly. don't know whether that's gonna uh, work or bomb in the market. So I think that's a that's a very smart and uh, witty way of uh, checking out which will work commercially for you. So I think that's great. So uh, I think that that was a good campaign that you ran last September. uh so kudos on that for you and your team uh, apart from that uh, <laughs> apart from that tell me uh, something how's the how's the work life balance as a baker so i i think initially for the first 5 years uh, there was no work life balance there was mm. only work that was mm. it there was no uh, personal life really because you know when you and your husband both are into the same business and it's a new business that you're starting in a busy city like bombay Yeah. So there is very little time left to breathe or not to think, mm-hmm. and I think we were really enjoying that because uh, even you don't have too many responsibilities at that stage in life, uh, so you're more than happy to be fully immersed into work all the time. I think the question of having a work-life balance really kicked in the year two thousand seventeen when uh, our sons were born. Now we have uh, twin sons okay. who are now four years old. Mm-hmm. and uh, so again that was like a bit of an emotional journey because i was quite clear that you know once the kids are born in 2 3 months i want to get back to work and uh, nothing like that happened i think once the kids were born i was so like in love with them and so engrossed with them and i wanted to do everything for them i didn't get back to work for almost a year and a half or two hmm. years okay and it was uh, sne and the entire team who was like in a way holding the fort down Now I think there's a better work-life balance where I get a few hours with the kids in the morning. Uh, we try to be home by a reasonable time, like seven-ish in the evening. You get time with them. Sundays uh, is something we are very clear. Sundays absolutely no work. You, okay. Because mm. Sundays is like your one day when I feel like no work today. Today is just going to be about the family and nothing else. Right. Yeah, I think so I think you need that kind of. Like a, a much better balance. Yeah, I yes. think I think you need that one day in a week to really. rejuvenate and just relax i guess that's really important yeah otherwise you know you're you're constantly in that work mode and uh, you get sucked into that whole uh, because like you said you know both of you True. are in the same business your partners so you know sometimes it's like every talk that you're doing is all about the bakers doesn't and nothing else <laughs> exactly <laughs> 
<laughs> in this our team also plays a huge role because you know when we started we didn't have a very big team we are a very small team Hmm. and over the past 8 years we've been able to develop a very nice team uh, from either the production end or the sales end or the uh, ho end hmm. and i think the team becomes very supportive in things like that i i think i could take a, a maternity break for about a year and a half purely because my production team was so well in place that uh, they could really hold the fort down whilst uh, i was uh, caring for my kids true yeah i guess i mean having the right team is really important because that's something that yes. can make or break your business at the end of the day and for for any startup exactly. you know it's it's really important that you have those kind of people on whom you can rely and leave things uh, in their hands otherwise you know taking a break for a year and a half is like it's it's really long for a founder it's a huge time exactly it's a very very long time a lot of people don't get the option of doing being able to do something like that true True. But uh, uh, tell me, uh, Chef, uh, what were the challenges that uh, your business faced during the initial phase of the pandemic last year? Because a lot of restaurants and uh, you know hoteliers, yeah. I spoke to I spoke to a few you know during the uh, the lockdown phase on socially they see also you know I spoke with uh, the vice president of Le Meridian in Delhi, uh, Chef DK was yeah. on the episode. and uh, you know even he shared his views on how the hotel business was uh, getting affected the hospitality industry industry was getting affected i wanted to know from you what sort of uh, uh, you know challenges uh, that you faced as a baker in the fnb business so i think uh, you know uh, i always say when the janta curfew was announced hmm. we were shut on janta curfew and uh, i think on the same day or the next day they announced the first lockdown and at that point i think i used to very naively believe that if uh, the country is under a lockdown for 15 20 days we are mm. going to get rid of this problem called the covid yeah and uh, i was thinking that we should probably just shut operations altogether and stay safe uh, and keep the company and the team safe and uh, sne felt very strongly that listen we are essential service providers we should not stop mm-hmm. and whilst we were discussing we realized that it's our duty to stay operational it was our moral obligation in many ways you know uh, doctors didn't have an option of stopping uh, police yeah. didn't have an option of stopping uh, medical uh, professionals didn't have an option of stopping now and we felt you know in a country like india if suddenly essential service providers especially food providers would stop it it would create a huge amount of panic and clearly True. we we didn't want that to happen so we were operational throughout the lockdown okay. now i think what was very clear is that we were going to be operational the plant was not going to take a shutdown the stores were not going to take a shutdown we were going to provide a, a loaf of bread to every customer irrespective of the time of the day they asked for it 10 am in the morning night uh, 12 in the night doesn't matter and the deliveries Now were the handled in house yes because uh, the, in the first couple of lockdowns uh, swiggy zomato they were not available hmm so we uh, So the way uh, bakers doesn't sales uh, structure works is we have our own stores where we supply from people can come in take away order delivery, and then we have yeah. a, sp- a store of a network of partner stores like you know, a food hall, nature's basket, big basket. Initially, I think a lot of people were struggling to get their permissions in place. So we got a huge yeah. influx of customers just calling in at the bakers doesn't, and we we tried to get uh, lots of systems in place, society orders, bulk deliveries, things like that. Now we uh, through Swiggy and Zomato, we found a lot of delivery boys who were who were not allowed to work, but uh, yeah, 
they could work if they were working for the bakers dozen so we said okay listen we'll give you permission why will you help us delivering these orders to customers and customers were extremely understanding they knew that we could not deliver in a limited period of time so even if it is 11 in the night we could deliver to them they were more than comfortable with that mm-hmm. now the the whole thing came on first thing was how do you stay operational keeping your staff safe so that was to me that was the first criteria that we needed to address a uh, touchwood at the bakers dozen uh, you know processes and hygiene have always been one of the top things we've always concentrated on even the plant uh, this the, the new factory we have for the past two years which we started a year before covid hit it was designed in a way which would uh, i mean it has pro- covid protocols in place without us realizing what we were doing we were mm. just talking about a lot of open space we were talking about uh, limited people in limited areas uh, we were talking about a lot of hygiene practices i mean we were wearing masks and overalls in certain departments even before mm. covid had happened purely because you're a food manufacturing so okay. for us to roll out those sort of things during the pandemic wasn't a big problem purchasing raw material was a major problem being able to send these trucks to bombay and delhi and bangalore was a bit big problem but it only meant that you continue doing what you had to do and uh, speaking to the relevant people to get permissions in place and at times if we didn't have a permission we would say listen let the truck go to bombay we will talk to them on the way and figure it out we will share with them the permission that we have for ahmedabad and try to work that in bombay and things like that so the mm-hmm. answer was simply you just don't stop you keep trying 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 till the time you can figure out what the answer is and uh, I think that worked wonders for the bakers does and I would uh, I would think in the past one year uh, we as a company have learned a lot uh, our business has done extremely well our employees have been our biggest strength where the same you know the same junoon was in them that we're not going to stop customers yeah. need us we're not going to stop no matter what so we didn't experience some of these issues where uh, employees refused to come to work or they migrated back home we also took a lot of care of them we have about 25 people who work in our plant who are from uttarakhand okay and uh, within about 2 weeks of the lockdown happening we made some in house uh, staff quarters for them and we moved them over there because we knew they would be safest there yeah so there were lots True. of lots of things we did for uh, our employee not just safety but their comfort also that we needed them to feel at ease yeah i think that was the major challenge with uh, a lot of companies you know how do they make sure that uh, their yeah. employees are safe as well as they are comfortable because like you said you know uh, a lot of your employees were from uttarakhand similarly you know a lot of businesses they had uh, people who were from not not from that state basically so it was really uh, yeah. challenging for them how do you make sure that wherever they are staying or uh, you know the things that a business can do to make sure that they are uh, not just safe but comfortable also because i think that's exactly. where uh, that's where as a uh, as a business you know you showcase that you know this is what you stand for uh, for your employees exactly i you know we are still a very young startup so uh, for mm. us a lot of these things are not bureaucratic uh, so i remember at uh, 10 13 in the night uh, so the first two months the area where the manufacturing unit is it was uh, considered a green zone there were no covid cases over there Okay. And at ten thirty in the night, I was listening to the news, and one COVID case—no, three COVID cases—came out that night in that mm-hmm. uh, district. And overnight, we shifted our staff to in-house quarters, and we said, "Okay, let's just spend some money, get something up and running." So 
we were being extra extra cautious and we had so many plans and backup plans for everything that because you know a lot of uh, regulations lockdowns restrictions were happening very last minute yeah 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 there was a so lot of chaos there would be people that, exactly so we were trying to make a plan for every possible situation uh, and work accordingly no i think that was that was the right we, thing to do which was fun in its own way i mean you know uh, the business has been good and stable for the past several years and uh, this uh, chaotic situation happens and then you go back to your olden days when you you know how to deal with chaos so it had its own uh, entrepreneurial kick in a way yeah i i agree with that i agree with that and um, uh, so to everyone listening um, there's something special which is happening today as well and um, you know chef aditi and the bakers doesn't have been uh, kind enough to sponsor a small giveaway for the socially desi audience uh, so uh, chef aditi why don't you uh, tell our audience uh, what's gonna be uh, there in the hamper okay so i'm going to keep it a little bit as a surprise but so we make about 60 odd products mm-hmm. but i am very biased to uh, about 3 4 5 of them they are like my favorite favorite products like any time of the day these are the ones i would always think of so we curated a hamper with some of my favorite products uh, which i'm not going to share right now but it definitely has a sourdough in there for you because mm-hmm. you can't get my favorite hamper without a sourdough in it <laughs> and a couple of other ones so hopefully you enjoy it as much as i've enjoyed baking it for all of you for sure for sure i mean i am excited and uh, i'm sure you know everyone <laughs> listening out there would be excited as well so guys um, uh, she has not told us what's going to be in there even i don't know okay so it's it's not that ki anurag knows <laughs> what's in the in the hamper so even i don't know so you can go to the bakers doesn't dot in check out the products maybe you know it'll be something within those products and keep guessing and what you can do is actually very interesting you can definitely go to socially desi apply for the giveaway uh, but uh, apart from that it's going to be a week long giveaway so you can also go on instagram and you can make your own hamper and tag uh, socially desi and the bakers doesn't and let's see if you can get it right and uh, if you can wow. get it right it'll be amazing right aditi Yeah, it sounds very exciting. <laughs> I want to do it. <laughs> so, guys, uh, uh, I mean, uh, uh, one good option for you guys. So, do that. I mean, let's see. Let's play a game on this. So, a giveaway is gonna happen for sure. We are gonna give three hampers to three uh, lucky winners of the giveaway. And mm-hmm. apart from that, uh, make sure that you go on Instagram, check out the Baker's Dozen, tag them. Just make your own hamper and uh, tag us. Uh, tag the Baker's Dozen. And uh, if you know you are right, then of course we'll uh, we'll. tag you back and uh, you know aditi would definitely uh, be very happy to see that <laughs> your your tips are really worked so so that's the giveaway so thank you so much uh, chef aditi for that uh, before uh, we wrap up today's episode um, one thing that uh, i keep asking my guests and you know uh, experts that come on the socially desi show that is that what yeah. are so my question to you is what are some of the key takeaways for a young entrepreneurs or young chefs who want to get into the baking industry start their own small you know bakery what should be yeah. uh, the the key takeaways for them so first thing is whichever business you want to do whether it's a food business or a service business uh, any business that you want to do whatever is this product that you're going to make 
I feel you as an entrepreneur should become a master at it. Hmm. Uh, you should have a very, very, very deep understanding of what this product is. This product could be a app designing. This could be a bakery product. This could be a zip manufacturing. Doesn't matter. Whatever is your product, you as an entrepreneur first become a master at it. Uh, second is uh, start really small. Don't start off on a very large scale. Start small. Get a lot of customer feedback. You know, your first set of customers are always going to be your best ones. They will give you the most genuine feedback. And based on that, develop your business. Third is uh, being an entrepreneur is an extremely difficult journey. It is not easy by any stretch of the imagination. But it is this chaos which gets all of us entrepreneurs excited. We, we thrive in chaos, which is why I said when the pandemic happened, it's chaotic. But, you know, you look forward to chaos to thrive in it. So when things get difficult, don't give up. That is when you give everything that you have. And after that, a bit more. Because if you can pull through that bit, trust me, you're going to be able to make it in life. So these are the two, three things that I would say. First, become a master. Start small and never, 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 never give up. So that's that's really really uh, insightful, uh, Chef. Because I I r- totally resonate with these steps, especially the first one. Because like you said, you wanted to start a bakery. Uh, you were you know you you had your uh, degrees and you you could have been a, a consultant like you know your husband. Uh, you could have been a management consultant working somewhere in a MNC. You know, but for yeah. you to start a bakery business, you didn't really need to become a baker. Like you could have. Just, you know, uh, handle exactly. the business, hire some chefs, you know, and they could have made that product for you. But I guess, you know, it's really important that you said the first important point is that you have to master what you are actually planning to sell. And uh, yeah, and you need to get your hands dirty. And that's really important. And, uh, you know, even I believe in that. that if you are starting something, even <laughs> if you don't know that, I yeah. mean, take, take some time and learn that at least, even if you don't plan to do it, but exactly. at least learn it. So that, so that, you know, yeah. you know the things. So that's, that's really powerful. Like that's a very powerful message. So guys, please uh, make note of that. That's really important. And I'm sure these uh, insights will really help you to take the next step in your entrepreneurial journey. So with that, uh, Chef Aditi, thank you so much for being on the Socially Desi show. You have been a lovely guest. I really enjoyed it. And I'm looking forward to the giveaway. Thank you, Nurag. Thank you everyone for listening in. And I really hope you enjoy your hamper. So that wraps it up for today, folks. If you liked the episode, give it a big thumbs up, share it with your friends and let's go viral. Remember, our weekly podcast features episodes on personal growth, mental health, relationships, business and entrepreneurship and health and fitness. We would love to have Chef Aditi on our show again in the future to talk more about the wonderful world of bakery. So if you haven't yet done so, hit that subscribe button and go check out our website at sociallydesi.com for more of such content. And as always, before I sign off, remember, life is black and white and everything in between.